Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. Until you see what his word says, you are not ready to experience what his word carries. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that's why we listen to the word. We read the word. We meditate. We keep the word of God in our thoughts. Keep the word of God in our thoughts. Glory be to God. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It will not return empty or void, but it shall accomplish the purpose for which I please. And it shall prosper in the things whereto I send. The word of God is the answer. What did I say? It's the answer. It is not your effort that is the answer. It is not your, your connection. It is not your job. It is the word. Every other thing will be frustrated if the word of God is not in view. Your labor becomes heavy. It begins to suffer from the infection of the corruption of Adam's transgression. You become stressed. Why? Because you're not seeing what the word is saying. And the reason you're not seeing what the word of God is saying because you don't spend time with the word. You don't, you don't take time to get the word into your system. You spend too much time on social media and you are filled with the words of men. So you only see what men says. That's all. Because every time you look at it, um, some of you, I doubt if there's one hour you don't look at social media. One hour will pass. You don't pick your phone and read something on Instagram or read something on Twitter or depending on which social media platform. One hour. So everybody's not suffering from the the epidemic of, you know that epidemic? All of you that have phone, hold your phone first. Let me show you something. You know what I mean. All of you, hold your phone. Even in church, you'll be able to see if you're reading the Bible, you're checking your chat. Everybody do like this. Do like this. I want to, I want to illustrate something funny. Do like this, everybody. Just do like it. Very good. That's what they call epidemic. It's a global epidemic. Some people, even when they're driving, they pick phone and they're still checking. I have to stop that because it's dangerous. Anything you want to tell me can wait. Let me pack. Do you understand? Because whatever you're looking at, it's very engaging. And before you say, Jack Robinson, boah, you hit somebody. Is that not so? Then you start speaking English. English that has no end. What did they worry you? What did they worry you? What did they happen? What did they happen? You stay there. Where you are going, you won't go. And not only that, it will cost you money for damage. So, please, I beg of you. What you see, it's as a result of what you spend time with. It's a principle. What you see is what you give attention to. That's what meditation is. If you have 90% on social media, 10% on the world, you're going to see what men say. And when you see what men say, God's power won't back you. Do you understand that? Because if God's power will take sides with you, you need to see what his word is saying. That's important you understand that. Say amen. amen. 
So we said we must stay faithful in doing the word. What is faithful? It means you must be consistent. Faithfulness means consistency in spite of the season. In season and out of season. In spite. Our obedience to the instruction of the written word should not be regulated by famine. Or any other circumstance. Why? Because whenever you allow a situation to control your obedience to the word, you're walking in the flesh. You're walking by sight. It doesn't matter what famine says. We will give thanks to God in everything. Say amen. Yeah. Have you thanked God for everything today? One of our prayer requests in our 60 days. We're trying to instill some word habits in us. Word habits that provokes the release of God's glory in our life. Father, I thank you in everything and for everything. Because well, there are scriptures that because the Bible says, thank God in everything and for everything. Why am I thanking him in everything and for everything? The emphasis is God, not the situation. Do you understand what I mean? I thank you in this and I thank you for this. Why am I thanking Because he brought the battle. No, no, no. I'm thanking him for God on things. For me, it's God. Say amen. amen. I, I keep my focus on him in spite of what I'm going through. So doing the word is ensuring you wake up. If he says in all things, give that father. One of the things I do when I wake up, I say, Father, today I receive today as a gift. And I, on behalf of me, my family, and all that I represent, I give you thanks and I offer to you the sacrifice of my priest. I tell him when you see him, he will tell you. That's one of the first things I do every morning. I thank him for another day. I'll tell him, Father, I thank you for another day to represent you, to serve Jesus, to obey you, to walk in the word, to experience you like never before. I receive today with gratitude and I return the glory back to you. Because whenever you thank God, you are returning the glory back to him. Are you hearing me? Because God expects that. Jesus said to the one depart, were there not ten of you? Where's the other nine? How come only one has come to do all to return glory to God? So I return glory to him. I don't steal him. I don't allow complaining and murmuring to, to rob me of that sacrifice of praise that he expects from me every day. So I offer it to him. Why do I do that? Is it because everything is working well? No. Because his word instructs me to what? To do that. Another thing the word tells me to do is not to worry. It says be careful for nothing. Or be worried for nothing. Have anxiety for nothing. In all things. What did he say? He said let your request be made known to God. Then with thanksgiving let your request. He said be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The word forbids you to complain. Complain is an indication of doubt and unbelief. God says, don't complain. Say, talk to me. Then he says, throw your worries on me, First Peter 5, verse 7. Casting all your cares upon me. Because he what? He cares for me. Is anything getting you what? You arrest it immediately. Because if you don't deal with all these distractions, they will corrupt the expression of your faith. They will. Because they will introduce a crisis inside you. Chaos. And chaos is the very opposite of peace. And we said this, that the word of God produces great peace in those who practice the word. Practice the word. Who do the word regularly. They will walk in peace. Say amen. We said doing the word releases the peace of God into the situation through our hearts. Is that not so? Is that not so? What did we say first? I mean, Psalm 119, verse what? Verse 165. 
What did he say? Great peace. Somebody shout great peace. peace. Have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. What the devil is doing through the situation is to agitate men because he knows very well that when men are agitated, they cannot believe God. Did you hear what I said? When you are troubled, you can't believe God. What did Jesus say in John 14? He said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in me and believe in God. But if your heart is troubled, what will happen to you? You can't believe. He knows that. So God says, practice my word. Keep your heart clean. Keep your heart free of cares. Keep your heart free of worries. Keep your heart free of concern. Do what my word says. Give me thanks every day. What are you doing? All these are word practices that sanitizes your heart and keeps it in a peaceful mode. Because peace is very powerful. Say amen. Because one of the fruits of the spirit in your life is peace. But that, that fruit will not speak if you don't do the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That fruit will not what? Will not speak. And we said, what does it mean to do the word? Please listen to this. John 14, 23, we said, Jesus answered and said, if a man love me, what will he do? He will keep my words. John 14, 23. And my father will love him and we will come unto him. Let's go there. We're going to take it up from there and we'll go to the third key. Hopefully by the grace of God. John 14, 23, everybody go there. This Bible study, make sure you're reading the scriptures and you're taking notes to help what you need to learn. John 14, 23. Are we there? What did he say? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, what will he do? He will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Right? This is very powerful. God is saying, you love me, then do what my word says. You cannot say you love me and you're complaining about what's going on in your life. You can't say you love me and you obey my word and you are worried. Your worried simply means you don't love me because if you love me, you will not be worried. You will cast your cares upon me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Now we said the peace from the world is more powerful than any situation before us. Is that not true? Yeah. Peace from the world is what? Is more, everybody say more powerful. More powerful than any situation before. Why? We said because peace is the first manifestation of the change that we desire. Peace is a reward to those who do God's word. Whenever you refuse to worry, there is a peace that is administered into your heart. And that peace is the first indication of the change that you desire in that situation. That's why Satan wants you to be agitated. Because when you are agitated, you can't believe God, you can't focus on his word, your mind can't, you can't even hear the Holy Ghost. Alright? So, we said this peace will manifest as an inner assurance in our heart from the word. Everybody say inner assurance. It's an inner assurance. It's got nothing to do with what you're doing. Most of the time, what you're going through may not even change. The circumstance may get worse. But once there is an inner assurance, that inner assurance is more powerful than what you are seeing. Are you hearing me? The Holy Ghost does that. Once you see the word, you stop seeing what is happening around you. In fact, you're not moved by it anymore. You start operating, you start understanding why Jesus said, let's go and wake up Lazarus. Why? Because he has seen it. Because when he stood in front of the tomb, he said, Father, like we said, so he had seen it. So it wasn't bothered. When they were up, you know, Master, what, what are you doing? 
And all the disciples, they were, obviously must have been sweating in their head and their palms. What, what, this man, Aish, four days, he don't die. Even though he just died. We saw him raise somebody that just died. But this one is four days. And according to the record, he's smelling. Hey. I, and I can imagine somebody, they were getting very scared. This is the end of this ministry. Our ministry has come to an end. In their mind, they just see people taking stone to pursue them out of town. That's all they were imagining. Ah, you don't finish for us. Because they, Jesus came with them, but he got to the grave of Lazarus alone. Even, uh, what's his name? Mary refused to even come to It was when he sent for her that she came. He said, where have you laid him? He said, Master, uh, I don't know what you want to do, but he's smelling you. <laughs> it's four days. He said, he said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? See, I, I know in the day of the resurrection, we will all, God, Jesus said, you don't get it. Resurrection is not a day. It's me. I am the resurrection and the life. He said, those that believe in me will never die. So I'm, I'm very sure that. Okay. <laughs> so they walked to the grave and he stood there. The reason he could speak with assurance, he already had the keys. Jesus was always fellowshipping with the word. He was always spending time with the word. So he knew what the father was saying. So when you meditate on the word, the word will minister peace to your heart. It's an assurance that comes from the word that is first of all dropped in your spirit. You just know it. If you are still agitated, sit on the word. What did I say? Sit on the word. If you're struggling to believe, it's because you don't believe yet. Say on the word. On, when you believe, peace will come. And once that priest is there, bo, 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 he just stood on the gate and said, Father Lazarus, come out. Why? Because peace means your faith is in charge. Say amen. Faith, peace is proof that your faith is what? In charge. Peace is proof that your faith is in charge. Let me show you that quickly before I run this point. Go to Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to verse 41. Mark chapter 4, peace is proof that your faith is in charge. Quickly, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 and 37. One of the many instances where Jesus demonstrated the power of peace. And the same day when the even or evening was come, he said to them, let us pass over unto the other side. Verse 35 of Mark chapter 4, verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. All right, verse 37. And as they were going, verse 37 says, there arose a what? A great storm of wind. Now, usually when wind gets violent, it affects the movement of water. The calmness of the water will be disturbed. So, violent waves will be simulated from the wind's disturbance. That's common physics. All right? And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. We are aware that the devil was behind this. We know. Verse 38. And he was in the hinder part of the ship. It was somewhere inside the hidden. And guess what? Asleep on a pillow. Who sleeps in a storm? <laughs> I don't think some of you know what a storm is. I have had a little taste of it. I went to Bonnie once to do a project and I was coming back 
and the water became violent. We were on a speedboat, and I took it, chattered it, and the thing was, uh, the guy was firing and going, the thing was going, boom, bang, bang, bang. Then once, I think they went at one violent, the thing left, the, the boat literally lifted from, from the water, went very high, and boom! Then the salt water entered my mouth. That was the day I knew God is with me. I, I just knew. <laughs> I just knew God is what is with me. So if you've ever been in some, it's not a pretty thing. Then for somebody to be asleep, and the Bible even added on a pillow, that means the sleep is sweet. <laughs> oh God. So if you read the translation, the disciples, when they are waking, and this is what they said, Master! Carest thou not that we bury? Because yeah, it's not possible. You cannot be sleeping. None of us are sleeping. Why should you be sleeping? You must be wicked. How can you be sleeping? Do you want us to die? So he told him, he said, don't you care we're about to die? And look at what the Bible said. And truly, he was actually sleeping. And you will know why shortly. Look at verse 39. And he arose and did what? And rebuked the wind. He spoke to the wind that was caused. They needed the water to get to the other side. Sometimes the people who God has assigned in your life might come under the influence of a satanic agitation. And when they were supposed to work for you, they begin to work against you. They, somebody who is, it could be your husband, it could be your wife. When there is a satanic agitation, the people who love you and the people who are supposed to be with you can start working against you. Because there is a wind that has been stirred in order to ensure that everything that was supposed to work for you and to take you to the other side begin to resist you. Jesus understood that the problem was the wind. So what did he do? He didn't speak to the water. He spoke to the wind. Bible said, what did he do? He rebuked the wind and said to the sea. Shh. The word peace there means hush, means calm. Then he uses the faith word, be still. Hallelujah. Somebody say, glory be to God. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. We can liken the storm to famine. Famine is like a storm. It comes with agitations. But the Bible says, when you operate in peace, you will dominate famine. Say amen. amen. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? Why are you afraid? They, 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 they allowed the situation to get into their heart and they began to doubt whether Christ still loves them. Is that not true? Is that not true? Yeah, they were doubting the love of God. I mean, there's no way this man will love us. I mean, I mean, come to think of it. There was no way this man will really, really love us and be sleeping in a situation like this. Some of us feel that way. I, I don't think God loves me. Because if God really loves me, why will he just be sitting in heaven and watching me suffer in this life? I mean, most people talk like that. Even though you don't say it, you imply it. Because eh? sometimes your, your action, your mind speaks louder than your words. And you know God hears your thoughts too. Yeah, God, <laughs> I, I'm not accusing you, shall. <laughs> so before you can say, I'd accuse you. But look at where I am. Look at what I'm going through. It's not fair now. You are still accusing him, even though you say you're not accusing him. Because what you're saying is that, God, if you really love me, why am I here? So it's like saying to God that, that if you truly love me, this bad thing shouldn't be working against me. Oh, no, no, no. What's happening to you or working against you has nothing to do with God's love for you. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. The, the premise upon which God loves you is, much, is more powerful than the storm. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? 
So Jesus said, why are you afraid? Why are you fearful? Because when you fear, your faith goes on vacation. Your faith will not work. Look at what he said next. He said, why are you so fearful? Then what did he say next? How is it that you have no faith? Because when you fear, faith will go silent. Because the only thing faith knows how to do is to take charge. So, but when you fear, you, do not, you don't give permission to faith to take charge. And Jesus demonstrated it. All right? So he said, and they feared exceedingly. You see them, natural men. And said one to another, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea, they obey him. Now, what is this peace? The word peace in that, in that place means hush or to be speechless. Jesus spoke peace because peace was in his heart. And that peace was rooted in the fact that Jesus knew that the Father's love for him never fails. Is that not true? He knows he was not going to sink. Why? He, 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 he was always speaking God's love for him. How many of you know that? Have you noticed that? about? He always affirmed God's love for him. How many of you know that? Yeah, my father loves me. My father loves me. My father loves me. Read all the Bible, especially in the book of John. My father loves me. Why is he doing that? He's keeping his faith in a dominion environment. When you keep rehearsing God's love for you, you keep your faith in a dominion mood. Say amen. When you keep rehearsing God's love for you, what do you do? You keep your faith in a dominion mood. When you keep doing God's word, you also keep your faith in a dominion mode. Remember what I said. All the principles are principles and practices of faith. When, when you rehearse God's love for you, you keep your faith in a dominion mode. When you stay faithful in doing God's word, you keep your faith in a dominion mode. Because doing the word will minister peace to your heart. And peace is proof that your faith is in charge. Say amen. amen. Somebody say glory be to God. Jesus had peace in his heart. That was why his faith dominated the situation. He had peace in his heart. That was why his faith dominated. He spoke faith because peace was there. Write this down. Peace is the assurance of faith. What did I say? Remember, praise is a byproduct of doing God's word. Great peace have they who love thy law, and nothing shall what? Offend them. All right? God rewards the faithful doer of the word with his peace. God does what? He rewards the faithful doer of the word with what? With his peace. Go to Isaiah 26, verse 2. Isaiah 26 and verse 2. Let me round this up. Isaiah 26 and verse 2 and 3. It says, open here the gates. Imagine a gate opening in your mind. That the righteous nation, say, I am the righteous nation. Which keepeth what? Truth may what? Enter in. The word keep, it's from the word practice. What is a, 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 what, is a what, what practice was he talking about? Practitioner of truths. What is truth? The word of God. So there is a gate that is open to the righteous who keeps God's word. It's the gate of peace. Everybody says it's the gate of peace. Say that. Say it's the gate of peace. And the gates of peace is the dominion arena of faith. The gate of peace is the dominion arena of what? Of faith. Because peace is the assurance 
of faith. Now look at the next verse. Thou will keep him when he enters this gate of peace. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusted in thee. What's your proof of trust? You do the word. When you act on the word, you are demonstrating your trust for God. When you act on the word, what are you doing? You are demonstrating your trust on the word. And when you do God's word, peace will be administered to your heart. So write this down. Write this down. This is very powerful. Peace is that inner assurance of rest and dominion. Peace is what? That inner assurance of rest and what? And dominion. That's why I said peace is the first manifestation of the change that you are looking for. Peace is God's, it's, it's an inner assurance from God of rest and dominion. That was why Jesus could sleep. Because when you are in peace, you are rest. Rest doesn't mean lack of activity. It just simply means your activity are under the dominion of faith. He could sleep because he knew that they were not going to sink. He knew. It doesn't matter what was happening around him. The only people who panic was the disciples. Sometimes you go through situations and you panic. Hey, am I going to survive? Am I going to make it? It isn't going to work out. That's the devil trying to agitate you with fact. Get back. Somebody say get back. Stay on the word. Meditate on the word. Secure peace and take charge. Say amen. amen. Isaiah 48 verse 18. Isaiah 48 verse 18. Quickly, you need to get all the scriptures, meditate on them, and, and you'll get it. Isaiah 48 verse 18. All that thou hadest hearkened to my commandment or my instructions, then had thy peace be as what? As a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. The dominion of the righteous is established in peace. What did I say? The dominion of you, the righteousness of God, is established in peace. Because peace is the rest. The assurance of rest and dominion. It's an environment that allows your faith to function and to take charge. Somebody say amen. amen. Alright. When peace is released into our hearts in response to doing the word, staying faithful to doing the word, we have secured, we secured the assurance of faith to dominate the situation. When peace is in our heart, we have secured the assurance of faith to dominate the situation. When peace is in our heart, which is a product of doing God's word, we have secured what? We have secured what? We have secured the assurance of faith to do what? To dominate the situation. Remember I told you peace is the assurance of faith. Remember I said that? Peace is what? The assurance of faith. Assurance of faith. All right? And, and that peace is that inner assurance of rest and dominion. When peace is released into our heart in response to doing the word, we have secured the assurance of faith to dominate the situation. When the situation looks at you and sees peace, they will bow. What did I say? They will bow. They will bow. Because they will know you are not ruffled. Hey, they will know you are not what? Jesus was going to the house of, uh, what's his name? Jairus. Because they told him to come and pray. And, and just a few steps to the house. Hey, stop troubling the master. Your daughter is dead. That's an agitation. Jesus already had rest. You know, he said to uh, Jairus, Hey, fear not. Only believe. Fear not. Only believe. 
That's what he said. He calmed him down. When he got there, the people were like, what's wrong with this guy? The girl is gone. Drove all of them out. Carried only the parents and about two or three of his disciples. And he said, hey, get up. And instantly, she got up. Because Jesus walked into that situation with the rest and assurance of peace. He knew. So when he spoke, the girl responded. One of the reasons our faith is not delivering is because it's not operating from an environment of peace. You're trying to psych faith. Faith is not psychology. Faith is a rest. It, it's, a, it's an assurance that comes from the word of God. Say, I hear you. Say, I hear you. Isaiah 55 verse 12, quickly. Isaiah 55 verse 12. He said, for you shall go out with joy. Glory be to God. And be led forth with peace. When peace is in charge, it will lead you. The mountains and the hills shall do what? They will break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands for you. In other words, what looks like, um, like, like a threat, something that is insurmountable, they, they start working for you. They start celebrating you because you're operating with the atmosphere of peace. See, I hear you. Come on, say glory be to God. Say glory be to God. All right? Peter acted on the word and experienced the great provision of peace. Remember, Psalm 199 verse 1 says, Great peace have they who love thy word, and nothing shall offend them. Why? Because peace is in charge. All right? Peter acted on the word and experienced the great provision of peace, which is abundance of fish. All right? Look at Luke chapter 5 verse 5, everybody. Luke 5, 5. The Bible says, and Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Our effort and experience has not delivered. Nevertheless, at your word, at your word, I will let down the net. At your word. Peter had heard the word preached by Peter because Pete, Jesus used his boat to preach. So Peter had already heard the word. He had been listening to the word. He had been meditating on the word. So Jesus gave him an opportunity to act on the word. He said, go into the deep, put your net on this side, and you will catch fish. Simon looked at it. He said, Master, we have labored all night, and we didn't catch anything. But nevertheless, at your Word, I will let down the net. And the Bible said, when he did, glory, you know the rest of the story. So the, the thing you need to learn here is, to secure the provision of peace demands we always practice what God has instructed in the word, irrespective of the circumstance. Do what the scripture, the written scripture says. Also do what the Holy Ghost asks you to do. God will not tell you to do something and you'll be trying to find out whether the situation will allow you to obey God or not. Do you understand what I mean by that? that, that that's unbelief. If God tells you to do something, and what you need to keep in mind is that when God speaks, his word is bigger than any situation. God, the, the, why we struggle most of the time is that when God tells us to do something, we try to judge our response to God's word from what we're going through. We say, God, 
This thing you tell him to look at where I am. Look at what I have. Look at who this. Look at that. And you begin to look at physical situations why you can't do that. And, and, and once you do that, you're walking in doubt and unbelief. Abraham could have hesitated when God said to him, leave your father's house. Number one, he was the eldest son. He had the inheritance of his father. His father was a well-made-up man, so he could stay and live there. But he was given an option. He had to obey God's word, even though he didn't have details. Hallelujah. The only word he had, leave your father's house, and he had to trust God. And he obeyed. When he obeyed, his destiny opened up for him. Say amen. Glory be to God. So, to secure the provision of peace, demands will always practice what God has instructed in the word, whether it's written or instructed, irrespective of the circumstance. Doing the word is like sowing seeds. Harvest always awaits the sower. It's a law. Doing the word is like what? Sowing seed. And harvest always awaits the sower. When you do the word, you've sown a seed and the harvest is coming in Jesus' name. Genesis 8.22 confirms that while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Doing the word is sowing seed. Galatians 6, 7 to 10. Galatians 6, 7 to 10. Life is about sowing seeds. What you say is a seed. What you do is a seed. Never forget that. I know I preached that some years ago. What you say is what? Is a seed. What you do is a seed. And every seed will have a harvest. Be not deceived, God is not mock. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap corruption. What does it mean to sow to the flesh? It means to allow what you do to be regulated by natural things. You shall reap corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit, what does it mean to sow to the spirit? To do what the word of God says. Because the word of God is spirit and life. And you shall reap life everlasting. Verse 9, he said, let us not be weary in doing in well-doing. What is well-doing? Practicing the word. Doing the word. For in due season, what will happen? We shall reap if we do not faint or do not give up. Glory be to God. Sometimes the devil tells you, this thing you are doing, is he working? Is he working? Look now, look. He's trying to deceive you to look at circumstance as a validation for your faith. Don't do that. The word of God is in all the facts you need. Say amen. amen. I say say amen. amen. Say with me. Say the word of God is all the fact I need. Say the word of God is all the evidence I need. If you don't come to that persuasion, you will struggle. Because you'll be looking for something. A dream, a vision, a revelation. Just take his word. Say amen. He says, as we have therefore opportunities, let us do good unto all men. Especially unto them who are what? Of the house of faith. Alright, point number three. Write this down. We've looked at two. No one believes God's love for you does not change because of famine. Stay faithful in doing the word. Number three, watch out for the leading of the Spirit. What did I say? I didn't hear everybody. This is very important to the dominion of your faith. The leading of the Spirit is another environment that allows your faith to take charge. The leading of the Spirit. Remember, the victory is faith. Another atmosphere that allows your faith to dominate is to be led by the Spirit. Watch out for the leading. Now, while you remain faithful to practicing the principles of God's word, irrespective of the situation, watch out for the leading of the Spirit. Children of God are God's sheep. Say, I'm God's sheep. Who are you? And Jesus is the great shepherd. Remember the Bible said that in Hebrew? 
Jesus is what? It's our great shepherd. So you are his sheep. All right. Psalm 100 verse 3 quickly says, Psalm 100 verse 3. He said, Know ye that the Lord he is God. It is he that has made us. Did you make yourself? I am asking you a question. Did you make yourself? Did you apply to be created? Where were you to even make the application to begin with? There are some things if you understand, you will stop worrying. You will just stop worrying. You will just connect with what, why you were made and you will just be enjoying your flow with God. It says, God, I am, I am the Lord your God. It is me who made you. It is not you that made me. Hello? He said, it is he that made us and not we ourselves. We didn't make ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastures. Glory be to God. Now, as God's sheep, we have been enabled by salvation to hear his voice. One of the things that comes with the new birth is the ability to hear God's voice. Why? Because when you're born again, you receive eternal life. Eternal life is the nature of God. And that nature of God comes with the ability to hear the voice of God. You can't carry his nature and not hear him. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. So, it's your birthright. Say with me. Say, it's my birthright to hear God. Say that one more time. Say, it's my birthright to hear God. It's not, nothing special. It's your birthright. It's your right. When something is your right, it is what? It comes with salvation. It is your birthright. Jesus said, my sheep, yes, my voice. My sheep, yes, my voice. So it's your birthright. Now, why am I saying this? Famine, which I told you comes with lack, scarcity, tough times. Famine often comes with tempting options. What did I call them? Tempting options. Tempting options. To make decisions. Because when times are tough, people are tempted to make decisions. Is that not true? Yeah, people are tempted to allow the hardness and the harshness to regulate the way they think and the things they do. It's there. It is important not to let the pressure of famine determine our moves in seasons of famine. Don't. Don't do that. If you are acting on the word, it will train you to always allow the word of God to guide what you do, irrespective of what you see. Our moves in seasons of famine must be regulated by the leading of the spirit, not by famine. Everybody say, by the leading of the spirit. There are many people that just say, you know, <clears throat> with all these insecurities, as if there's no insecurity anywhere. How many of you know that on the 4th of July, America celebrated their independence? Is that not so? There was a match pass in several cities in the U.S. One was in Chicago. While they were marching in Chicago, one guy came and carried a gun and said they're spraying people, killing people in America. So there's insecurity everywhere. People are dying everywhere. So insecurity is not enough ground to make a destiny decision. Do you understand what I mean by that? Did you hear what I said? And if you allow situation and circumstance to determine destiny decision, number one, it means you don't trust God. It means you are motivated by fear. All right? Our moves must be regulated by the leading of the Spirit, not by famine. There's a woman in the Bible called Naomi. 
Naomi was one of the children of Israel. And one of the instructions God gave to them was that they should have nothing to do with the Moabites. Moabites was one of the mortal enemies of the children of Israel. But there was a famine that took place during the time of Naomi. Naomi was married to a man, I forgot his name. He had two sons. What is his name? Correct. That's good. You're reading your Bible. Very good. Yeah, and they had two sons who got married. Now, because there was hardship, they left their hometown and went to Moab. Because Moab was flourishing. Everything was good. So they left where was harsh and went to where was convenient or comfortable. It seemed to be the good decision. It seemed to be an economic decision. I'm seeking better, what's the word you call it? Greener. Yes, thank you very much. Greener pastures. For my family, I want better things for my family. I want things to work out. I want my children to go abroad. It's all good, but secure direction. What did I say? Secure direction. Very important. If God leads you, that's fine. If he doesn't lead you, stay with his leading. God's leading sometimes may not look like the best decision your flesh wants. But it will end up to be the best decision you ever made. You didn't hear what I said. Some people have made decisions in the flesh. And they got good options for a time and for a season. But because they are out of place with God's purpose for their life, they will later meet with storms that they cannot handle. And some in the process lose their life. That's what happened to Naomi. When they went to the land of Moab, in the passage of time, in the midst of these better opportunities, greener pasture, the husband died. After the husband died, his her sons were there to you know, take care of her. But in the process, both sons died. Ah. Husband dead. Two sons dead. The woman said, I'm a, I'm a child of covenant. I know I am in the wrong place. Let me pack myself and my shame and go back. So she left. She went back. As she was going, she called her two uh, daughters-in-law. <laughs> my dear, my sons are dead though. I release you. They are dead. They are not here. So please go back. Because even if I give birth, will you wait for them to grow up? Please go. So the other two of them cried. What is, is it Ophini or so? That one left. Then the only one that stayed was Ruth. Ruth was smart. Ruth said, I'm not leaving you. Anywhere you go, I will go. Your God will become my God. Your people will become my people. Uh, the woman said, really? He said, yes. So she came back. And Ruth's destiny changed because she decided to follow God. And she entered the lineage that led to the birth of Christ. Say amen. Why am I saying that? The Lord led Isaac during the famine and he prospered despite the unfavorable circumstances. Go to Genesis 26. Verse 1 to verse 4 and to verse 6. Then verse 12 to verse 14. Genesis 26 verse 1. Genesis... There, see, I, I always tell people, the leading of the spirit will never be a cake. It will never be out of fashion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The leading of the spirit will not be what? Because there are some Christians that make it look as if the leading of the spirit is out of fashion. That the fact that you have access to too many information. Just because you can Google. Google is not the Holy Ghost, so I hope you know. I hope you know. You are not answering me. I hope you know Google is not the Holy Ghost. 
You can get information on how to do this, on how to do that, but to apply to deliver kingdom result, destiny result, impactful result, needs the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Never be too busy to listen to God. What did I say? <laughs> hey, never be too busy to what? Sometimes you need to shut down and just spend time with God and say, you have anything to tell me? Let me know. He might say, okay, since you have listened to me, that thing, this thing you are doing there, stop it. Don't do that. Do this one. That person you are going to meet, stop going to meet the person. I will send you to somebody else. I have discovered when you, listen, when you spend time, he will guide you. But if you are too busy, <laughs> hey, let us read the Bible. Verse 1, Genesis 26, what does it say? And there was a famine in the land, beside the first famine that was in the day of Abraham. And Isaac went to, into, unto Abimelech, king of the Philistine, unto Gerah. Verse 2, and the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into where? Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Verse 3. Sojourn in this land, and I will do what? I will be with you and bless thee, for unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham your father, verse 4, and I will make your seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and will give unto thy seed all these countries and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Verse 5, because that Abraham did what? Obeyed my voice and kept my charge. See, he obeyed the voice. He also kept the charge. He listened to the spirit and obeyed what the Spirit says. It says, my commandment, my statutes, and my laws, which are also the written word. And Isaac did what? He stayed there. God said, stay here. And what did he do? He stayed. What did Isaac do? He stayed. Go to verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. What land? Gera. The land that God told him to stay. Remember, there was famine in the land. Is that not true? Answer me now. Come on. Was there no famine in the land? But yet, God says, stay there. Is that not so? So that means the prosperity of a land is not in the land. It's in God. Is that not true? All right. Verse 12. Verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land. What happened next? And received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Verse 13. And the man waxed great. And when he became an enigma. You know, they could have said, and Isaac was great. But when they say, and the man, that means the way he was so blessed, he became like an enigma. Go and check the English word. That man, <laughs> and the, sorry, and the man waxed great and went forward. Hello? This is our year to go forward. Say amen. And grew until he became very great. For he had material blessings. What are they? possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great stores of servants and the Philistines envied him. God's provision is always in his leading. When God leads, what does he do? 
He provides. I said, but he didn't lead you. When God, say with me, say, when God leads, he provides. Yeah, if God sent you, he will provide. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Except he didn't lead you. If he led you, he will do what? He will provide. That's why it's dangerous for you to be led by famine. Led by convenience. Led by what the situation is saying. Led by how you feel. Led by the suggestion of your brother. My, my brother, this Nigeria, not be like say good. All the things I hear for the news is bad. Oh. Why not just move over to America? I go arrange one thing for and I'm going to stay. That's a very good advice. But go to the one who made you. Who says you are my sheep. Are you hearing me? Daddy, what are you saying? Is this from you? You see, sometimes good advice is not good advice. I know that from personal experience. Good advice is not what? Just because the invitation is America doesn't mean God is in it. Did you hear what I said? Just because the invitation is what? The fact that it's from America doesn't mean God is in it. You need to be sure God told you that. If God did not tell you, he's not with you. And you cannot force him to follow you. He is in you, he loves you, but he won't be with you because he's not leading you there. You are not here by mistake. There's a purpose to your life. And everywhere you are, your purpose will serve his glory. So when you go where he didn't send you, you are going against purpose and you're going against divine plan. See, living in this world is not just about your personal comfort and convenience. The reason you are born is because God has a purpose for your life. Your purpose is not to be a celebrity. Did you hear what I said? It's not to trend. We are confusing the tools with the assignment. The assignment is more important. The assignment is an opportunity to serve your master. Why am I here in Portaco? Because that's what God told me. I, I wanted to go to the West. And I was praying one day and God said, I wanted to go, I had my plans, master's, PhD, read. I said, I like reading. I'm not surprised. You, my, wife, my wife and I, we like reading. I'm not surprised that children picked some of that from us. I like to read. I'd already, in my mind, because I'm, I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a lazy person. Some of you have worked very close. I have a very strong work ethic. I'd plan some things I'll do, but I always tell God, if it's not your way, scatter it and let me know. So one day I was praying in school. I went to one of the empty rooms. I was praying. I was in my fourth year, of my, close to my final year. I just prayed, Holy Spirit, Father, blah, 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 pricking the tongue. Then I said, Lord, hey, you know, remember I told you I was going to do this. I'll go to this. And God said, hey, it's not my plan for you. It was so, I heard it very loud. It was it somebody shouted at my back. I said, hey. When I heard it, something inside me was disappointed. But I knew that was what God said. And I had to do what he said. Later, he began to show me visions of coming to Potakot. And I knew I was going to be here. And if I did not obey God, I wouldn't have met my wife. I'd have married one year, Missy. Or Bolale. Or Balatito. And only God knows what will be happening to me by now. The Lord, my children, maybe Jedediah will not be Kule. Then Urela will now be. Uh, uh, which other Yorubani were there? Tire was other Yorubani. Then Abigail probably will be Titilayo. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'll tell you some stories next time. Rise up on your feet. Let's pray. Glory be to God. Have you learned something tonight? 
Come on, lift your hands and begin to give him praise. Glory be to God. I don't want to rush this. I need you to get this. Because once you get it, then after this, we're going to do a Q&A after we teach on the last principles for farming. I like, if you have questions, we're going to answer them. Maybe one of the services will just do it to Q&A. Then you can ask questions. We answer them from the word. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and begin to talk to God. Glory be to God. Bring out your offering and just thank him. Why do we give offerings? Because we honor God with it. When you come into his presence, you come with honor. You honor God. The Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of your increase. It's a principle. It's a law. Honor God. Just honor him. That's what we do. We don't do it because it's convenient. We do it because he told us to. As long as there's something in my hand, I will honor God with it. It may not be what I say I will do, but as long as I have something, I will honor him. I will honor him. It's a lifestyle of obedience and dependency on him. It is trusting him with all our hearts and leaning not onto our own understanding or convenience. Acknowledge him in all our ways and allowing him to direct our paths. Lift up your hand. Father, thank you for the word tonight. I pray that these words will take root in our hearts and begin to bear fruit in our life in Jesus' name. We lift our offering to worship and honor you. Father, we release our offering as a dependency on your ability to take care of us, to provide for us, and to be there for us. Lord, we acknowledge you always as our source, supplier, and sustainer. Receive our worship, and we'll continue to receive grace by faith to abound unto every good works. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Now please remember, tomorrow is Thursday. We have our general prayer when? 12.30. If you have not joined the Instagram, please, I mean Telegram, the link is there. Please click on it, download the app, connect with it, and be, we're going to be praying on Telegram tomorrow by 12.30 in tongues for, for 30 minutes. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.